0: Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts. With your host Dan Bongino. All right, folks, another New York Times bombshell on Trump, which means what? Little pop quiz for those of you at home who listen to the show. What is a Trump, uh, an anti-Trump bombshell from the New York Times? It means it's an anti-bombshell. It means it's a non-bombshell. I mean there's no bomb in the shell, no shell in the bomb. It's not a bombshell. It landed with a big thud and a whimper. The story, of course, was about Trump's taxes, a story that has been relitigated 62,000 different ways from Sunday, 4,000 different ways from Saturday, and over and over again. But the timing of the anti Trump non bombshell bombshell is awfully coincidental, isn't it? We learned something on Friday after I had recorded the show on Friday. What did we learn? Oh, oh, oh. we learned a lot about the old Spygate scandal Aruski, the targeting of Flint and elsewhere. We got some gems there. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. Protect your online activity from prying eyeballs today. Don't wait. Get a VPN. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. I'll have to answer for producer Joe's having having uh, mic issues, but is there listening? How are you, producer Joe today? I'm good, Daniel. It's Monday. Thank you, Producer Joe. Always good to hear from you. Daniel, how are you feeling? I'm feeling okay. Thanks to everybody who's looking out uh, for me and um, the tumor thing I told you about. Don't worry. Um, either way, we'll be okay. okay. Um, we're getting the results of the biopsy I did on Friday up in New York, hopefully today. Of course, I'll keep you informed. I thank you again to the literally tens of thousands of people who've reached out. You all are really, really. Spectacular! Um, I mean it. You're the best audience in the business, hands down. There's just not even a close second. Um, I hope my producer Joe' voice was okay. Bob is shaking her head in utter disbelief that I would talk uh, as producer Joe. All right, let's get to the show. A lot of content on Monday. Today's show brought to you by our friends at ZipRecruiter. Listen, hiring can be a challenge, right? But ZipRecruiter makes it fast. It's super easy. One CEO Ali needed to hire for a multifaceted role at his wallpaper company. Walls need love. He was looking for someone who was the right fit for his team and culture, but his search was slow going. So he turned to ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology identifies the right people for your job and actively invites them to apply, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ziprecruiter.com slash Bongino. Don't wait. Stop wasting time. That's how Ali found Savannah Ray. Ali said Savannah's skills and experience were a great match for the role. Plus, she applied within a few days after he posted the job. Through ZipRecruiter, Ali's hired everyone from his head of marketing to his sales director to his lead graphic designer. But Ali's not the only employer who loves ZipRecruiter. Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate when? Within the first day. Don't waste time. Why'd you do that? See for yourself how ZipRecruiter makes hiring faster and easier. Try it now for free. That's right. Free at ZipRecruiter.com Bongino. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O, ZipRecruiter.com slash Bongino. Don't waste any more time. All right, Joe, let's go. Ding, ding, ding. There's my Joe Bell, just like Joe's voice, equally awful, I might. (laughs) I need a little comedy in my life. It's been a challenging week, to say the least. Made a lot easier again because of you. All right, let me get to some important stuff first. You know, President Trump made a huge announcement. This weekend was like a monster for news. And conveniently, I was Friday up in New York flying around. And by the time I recorded, missed most of it. But it's good because it leads you to a loaded Monday show. President Trump nominated Amy Coney Barrett for the now empty Supreme Court seat uh, due to the passing of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. You probably saw that on Saturday. It leaked out right around Friday night that she was going to be the selection uh, Amy Coney Barrett. Now, there's a topic I've discussed often on the show about how Democrats can never get anything done, anything big, uh, by convincing 51% of people to vote for it. Because why? Think this through. Paula, because I don't have Joe here, you're gonna have to be the audience ombudsman today, okay? Why can't the Democrats get their big ticket items passed through the normal electoral process? You know, abortion and stuff where you can legislate all that stuff. There's social issues. Why? Because their ideas generally suck. That's why. A wealth tax, all that kind of stuff. Why can't they move that through and get people to vote for it? Because people don't want it. That's why. Government-run health care. So being that the Democrats, I promise this relates to Amy Coney Barrett. Don't think I lost it. I didn't. Being that the Democrats can't convince people that their sucky ideas are non-sucky, what they typically do is they use the courts to institute those ideas. You know, finding a right to an abortion in the Constitution. I've leafed through the Constitution. I'm like, Constitution? I have, wait, I even have the app on my phone. You're like, Constitution, search function, abortion. Uh, no, I don't see it. I see a couple of notifications from the Wall Street Journal. Paul, have you ever found abortion in the Constitution? I'm like, no, no, she's nodding her head. I haven't found that either. Um, But because the Democrats know they can't convince 51% of people that unfettered uh, access to abortion is just a wonderful thing for everyone, they have to have the courts find it in the Constitution when it's not even there. Um, Now, getting back to Amy Coney Barrett, why are the liberals so terrified? And as I have titled this segment in my handwriting, as I do it in the most primitive yet effective way possible, The real importance of the Amy Coney Barrett nomination is now starting to hit the Democrats because why? If there is a 6-3 relatively conservative majority on the court for even 5 to 10 years, ladies and gentlemen, the court option for ideological agenda items they can't get passed because 51% of people think those ideas suck, the court option is effectively foreclosed. So keep in mind, the Democrats have traditionally three battle plans for getting their big-ticket ideological agenda items passed. They can put it on a ballot and run candidates who support it in a constitutional republic. They rarely do that because their ideas, again, really suck. They can go the second route, which is uh, legalize it through the courts. Get a you know a fake judge in a black robe who's really a politician to say there's a right to an abortion in the constitution. And third, they can use just plain social pressure and boycotts to get cancel culture and get their ideological enemies suppressed, which makes their ideas more powerful because their enemies can't speak. There are your that's your three for right there. One of those avenues could potentially be closed off now because Amy Coney Barrett will not find new laws that don't exist and new rights in the Constitution that aren't there. Wall Street Journal covered this today. It was an excellent, excellent point. And it's important you understand this. Check out this piece, Wall Street Journal. The importance of Amy Coney Barrett. Pretty simple. The editorial board. The judge can solidify an originalist majority on the high court. They make this exact point. And listen, I'm not trying to take credit for their op-ed, please. But we have discussed this before repeatedly on the show, how leftists and their big ticket liberal agenda items, right? Government controlled health care, access up to abortion up until after the baby's born in some cases. These are things they have no way of getting passed by running for office because people don't want them. Even in liberal states, they don't want these things. They'll never get them passed ever. So they had to use the courts. Now, a six three potential conservative majority again, we're being generous six three because we all know John Roberts is not a conservative. whatever? So we'll pass on that for now. Here's the Wall Street Journal today making this exact point talking about the Amy Coney Barrett um nomination. quote, Democrats view all this with horror, but we think they would be wiser to view it as an opportunity. One reason court nominations have become so bitter is because progressives have long viewed the judiciary, as a second legislature for policies they can't pass in Congress. Amen. Think racial preferences and climate regulation, Massachusetts versus EPA. If the legislative avenue is for, if this avenue, excuse me, the judicial avenue is foreclosed, as we hope it will be, then the left may have to achieve what they want the old-fashioned way, democratic persuasion and consent. Oh, my gosh democratic persuasion and consent in a constitutional republic. What do you mean, man? You mean they're actually going to have to convince people their ideas don't suck? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm telling you. And they're freaking out about it. Now, the Wall Street Journal seems to think this could be good, a potential solution for the Democrat Party's far-left radical problem where now they'll understand that they don't have public support for most of what they do, and their legal avenues through the courts are now closed off. At least, I shouldn't say most cases, to be clear, are decided at the appellate level, just so we're clear on this. Very few make it to the Supreme Court, but the Supreme Court is the final word. That avenue could now be closed off for them, forcing them to do the unthinkable. The unthinkable, which is what? Have to convince people that their ideas are anti-sucky which would be really, really hard because the whole essence of being a liberal is to have sucky ideas. Now, they can't seem to get rid of the nonsense talking points, by the way. You're going to hear a whole bunch of them. What do we do here? What's the whole purpose of the Dan Bongino show? To correct the waterfall of liberal misinformation you're exposed to every day through our broken culture and media apparatus. So don't worry, I've got you covered. So there will be numerous attacks on Amy Coney Barrett, her family, her friends, her kids, her pets, her home, her neighbors, every place she's visited, her car, the person who made her car, her mechanic, the deli she eats at, the guy who opens the door in the deli, the Walmart server near her, they'll all become implicated, of course, in a RICO case against Amy Coney Barrett. Um, it'll all, of course, be made up like it was in Kavanaugh, but, you know, it's the media, so facts and stuff don't really matter. But they'll just say things that are downright stupid um, that are easily debunked by a crazy thing like an internet search, you know, on your phone or I got a computer right here. So let's go to this one. So here is a University of Michigan law professor and a legal analyst. <laughs> legal analyst for NBC. This is hilarious. Here's the great, and believe me, I use that term great loosely, Barb McQuaid on Twitter at Barb McQuaid. She has a Ruth Bader Ginsburg avatar there. She says, if Cody Barrett's confirmed, the Supreme Court will have five justices, a majority nominated by presidents who did not win the popular vote. Barrett, Kavanaugh, Gorsuch by Trump, and Alito and Roberts by George W. Bush. This is a legal analyst for NBC and a law professor. Um, ladies and gentlemen, if this is your law professor, you may want to find another law school to go to. So this is a University of Michigan law professor. I want a hat tip? Uh, so it was a guy in the Trump uh, team I saw on on Twitter and put this out. Here's another University of Michigan law professor, Sherrilla really Banner Day for the University of Michigan Law School. These guys are ladies are real rock stars. This is the great, and by great I mean not great. At Nicholas underscore Bagley, another he somehow got a blue check mark about Barb McQuaid's tweet about how all these justices were uh, nominated by President Trump to win the popular vote, saying, that's a remarkable fact. Um, and by fact, Nicholas Bagby means a non-fact, of course, because they're probably liberals. So this is easy enough to check out, no? President Trump did not, in fact, win the popular vote. They are correct about that. So Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, And now uh, Amy Coney Barrett, that part is correct. Um, But that's not what she said in her tweet and not what was affirmed by the other University of Michigan law professor who really needs to go back um, and reevaluate what a fact means. Maybe try like dictionary.com or whatevs. So I checked this out. Took me all of about, what, Paula? 20 seconds maybe to tweet Maybe less, possibly 10. I don't know. It depends on my internet connection. So when were Samuel Alito and John Roberts uh, nominated? By President George W. Bush. Does anybody know? Again, a basic internet search would show you that was in his second term. His second term began in 2005. Did President Bush lose the popular vote when he won the presidency on reelection? Well, if you actually Google that question, you get 270towin.com. I would have went to Wikipedia first to show the left, how even their hilarious left-leaning sites like Wikipedia. But I don't want to give Wikipedia any clicks because it's a scam site. So it is. I mean, they lie all the time. They lie about my own stuff. So I went to 270towin.com and I checked this fact out. Uh, John Kerry, 59 million votes for the presidency. He lost for the Democrats listening. Um, George W. Bush won with 62 million votes. So, Paula, again, because Joe is not here, but listening. Joe, just nod your head in approval. Is, is did George W. Bush, Paula, get more or less popular votes than John F. Kerry? Please, I'll wait. Take a second. I know this is tough. She's looking. She's looking. She's analyzing. Close. She's nodding her head. She's she's turning her head to give me an answer. Well. More, thank you, thank you. So George W. Bush did. I, I now, I we can see Joe. So Joe is nodding in approval here too. So that, in fact, is a stupid talking point that is totally fabricated and made up. There were not five justices appointed by presidents who lost the popular vote. There were three, and a basic internet search would have showed you that fact. But you know, University of Michigan Law School, you may, and you know, I know, Google searching and stuff that may be really hard. You may have had to go to the law library and you may have missed that one. All right, moving on because I got a lot to get to. I'm going to get to my second sponsor and come back with a moment of brief comic relief to show you how stupid the media and others can be and the hilarious uh, (laughs) CNN, this is a great clip. I got that. Then we got some serious stuff. The fake news bombshell, not bombshell in the... um, in the uh, New York times story. So don't go anywhere. All right. Today's show brought to you by our friends, uh, job creators network. Love these guys folks. We're weeks away from election day. Voting has already started in some States. I have already voted. My wife voted as well. Um, it's about to start in others. I, listen, there's no, I'm voting, I know what I'm voting for. There's nothing that could happen with Joe Biden at this point. I'm, I'm not, I'm beyond convincing. If you live in Ohio, did you know early in voting person begins 28 days before the election? In Arizona, it's 27. Florida, they sent out mail-in ballots already. That's why I need you to go to KeepAmericaAmerica.com now. They'll get you the most trusted, up-to-date voting information. Get it now. While you're there, please commit to take one person to the polls, just one, or help them complete a mail-in ballot. The 2016 election was decided by thousands of votes, not millions. And 300,000 of you across the country have already gone to KeepAmericaAmerica.com. I want you to to see that number reach 1 million. Please. I want to see it. Get to 1 million. We need to. The left has their get out the vote machine. We need to do it too now. We can't wait. We got to do something. Talk is cheap. Let's get more than a million. And let's make this the biggest get out the vote effort in conservative history. The liberal media cannot ignore our big get out the vote effort if we actually show up. They can ignore you if you don't vote. Do a little, do a lot, do your part, but go to keepamericaamerica.com now. Keepamericaamerica.com now. That's keepamericaamerica.com. Go today. We need you. So getting back to this, I got a little bit of comic relief here for you. Just, uh, you know, it is a Monday. I don't want to hit you with all this uh, overly deep stuff uh, without breaking it up. So here is a clip from CNN. So CNN was doing a a live hit from the steps of the Supreme Court, and as they're doing it, a couple of uh, Patriots were in the background here. This is uh, <laughs> this is just hilarious. Let, listen to watch this thing go off the rails. Stat, check this out. I, well, Wolf. Absolutely. Sanders, <laughs> I just wanted to News, say that while we were here, ben um, ben the ben crowd News, behind ben us, Trump ben supporters, ben started chanting. I want you to stand by. We can barely hear what you're saying because of the the crowd behind you. Absolutely hilarious. Wolf Blitzer's doing a live hit from the steps of the Supreme Court. I'm sorry. This guy's driving me crazy. Was this guy out? Why are they cutting my right now? I'm in the middle of a show. They're driving me nuts. What do they got? Some kind of land? What are they doing? Building a bomb shelter next door? Can you hear that through this? What is going on out there? Can you open the window? Open the window. Can you see what they're doing out there? This is making me nuts. It totally distracted me. All right. Now, I need some comic relief. Uh, what's it? No, Lee, I don't want you to cut that out. I want you to leave that in because I hope it's not creeping through the microphone. There's like some kind of, I don't know what they're doing. Are they excavating to a for a pre-World War II uh, 70 feet below the ground bomb shelter next door? Gosh, that's not fake news. That's real, unlike CNN. No, leave it in. We don't, uh, this is my show. We, this is, we tell you, all right, good. Calm down a little bit. CNN's fake news. You see that clip? That clip is hilarious. That's one of the funniest. Not related, by the way, to anything I'm talking about today because CNN's always fake news. Dan, that's certainly related to your New York Times story next. No, no, no. That's a perpetual good story. That's what we call in the business an evergreen story, CNN being fake news. All right, moving on to the real stuff. So the New York Times released one of their fake non bombshell bombshells again there's no bomb there's no shell there's no bombshell there's no nothing um here's this headline of course being pumped by the ridiculous fake news specialist cnn new york times and elsewhere new york times david leon, leon leonhardt i know Hart i'm not sure about his name long concealed records show trump's chronic losses in years of tax avoidance september 27 2020 first before i even get started with the story so you understand what the fake bombshell is here right President Trump doesn't pay a lot of taxes to which Paula and I and everyone else listening are going, nice. So you're not saying it's tax evasion, right? Because that's a crime, which we would not say nice about. Don't commit crimes. Paula, would you agree with that? Good advice? Yes, thank you. Please don't commit crimes. (laughs) But that's not what that headline says. It says that President Trump has avoided paying a lot of taxes. Tax avoidance. Now, tax evasion is a crime. Tax avoidance is a national pastime. Dan, you can't say that. I can't. It's true. If tax avoidance was not a national pastime, John Kerry would be in prison. Yeah, the one we talk about who lost the popular vote that the University of Michigan law professors weren't aware of. They must have missed that election. Remember John Kerry. Was he parking his boat in Rhode Island to avoid Massachusetts taxes? Remember that story? Was he doing anything illegal? No, I'm not alleging that. He was doing what every American does. What do they do? Pay as little taxes as possible. Right? Why do you pay your accountant? You You ever hear that thing on the internet? parlor, Twitter, Facebook, whatever. You ever hear that thing out there on social media? Said no one ever. You know, when they want to make a joke about things no one would ever say, they say, said no one ever. Accountant Joey Bagadonis, can you do me a favor? Can you pay the maximum rate possible to the U.S. government? Can you do that for me? Said literally no one ever in the history of humankind. So the New York, can you run the headline again, please? So the New York Times headline is what? Trump guilty of tax evasion? No, no, that's not the headline. The headline should act like a promo for the Trump campaign that President Trump, that they had years of tax avoidance after business losses. Good for you. Smart. Now, the New York Times in this article, by the way, conveniently launched right as new collusion hoax, Spygate scandal stuff comes out. Just a dink, I'm sure. Look, shiny red object. The New York Times is writing a story about how Trump, who is a billionaire, whose businesses have made and lost money when they made money. Let me walk to New York Times. News. I own a business. I am not an accountant, but I have one. He's very good. We do things by the numbers, but I'm pretty sure I know how businesses work. For the New York Times, folks, and if you're a liberal out there who's confused about tax law, can I unconfuse you for a minute? When you have a business And the business loses money, which happens often in business a lot. Some years are good, some are not so good. Some businesses are going to sadly lose a lot of money this year. Let me coach the New York Times, who apparently knows about as much about taxes and accounting as they do about collusion, foreign affairs, health care, law enforcement, and economics, meaning they know nothing because they're some of the dumbest people on the planet, are apparently unaware that when your business loses money, wait for it, you don't pay taxes on the income. You, you don't because you didn't have any. I know this is a shocker in the newsroom of the New York Times. Just to be clear, Trump may have had business laws. They may have been significant. I don't know the man's business acumen. You know why? I'm not in business with him. I don't care. I vote for President Trump and support him because he does conservative stuff. And shocker, I'm a conservative. I don't know what he does with his businesses. I don't know what's working, what's not working. I'm not in real estate. I'm in content production. I'm in social media. I'm in video companies. I'm in other stuff. I'm not in that. I don't know. I don't care. He just appointed a conservative justice that could make the court conservative and originalist for a long time. I'm good. I'm not really interested about how Trump International is filing its tax returns or what his golf courses are up to. I don't care. So the New York Times in the newsroom that's stunned to find out that businesses don't pay income taxes on corporate profits they don't have. This is a stunner. The New York Times newsroom is in shock right now. Decided to do a, what, 5,000-word expose on that Americans who don't earn corporate profits don't have to pay taxes on profits they don't have? <laughs> Are you stunned, Paula? I don't have Joe here. I need, I need my I need my show cr- It's a crutch for me. It's a crutch for me. I need to talk to someone because I'm just like a social guy. Are you stunned to figure this out? You're not stunned? She is stunned. She's she's doing that thing again where she nods her head and then says, Yeah. She's stunned, absolutely stunned to figure out that if you don't earn corporate profits, you don't have to pay taxes on it. Now, you would think in this big non-bombshell bombshell, there's no bomb, there's no shell, there's no nothing, that there would definitely be something, because it's the New York Times. I mean, fake news is their thing. Remember the collusion pee hoaxers? you think there would definitely, I want to hat tip Raheem Kassan at the National Pulse by this. There's a great story in the show notes about this too from the National Pulse, also on Bongino Report. This is a screenshot from Him and the piece. you think they would have definitely found more pee hoax stuff and collusion hoax stuff, right? I mean, it's a bombshell. Bombshell, huge. Should imp- This will impact exactly zero votes in the election, by the way. Um, so let's see the New York Times story. Again, hat tip Raheem Kassan for these um, highlights here. So in the middle of the story, we find out that the tax filings that the New York Times got, and I'll get to that in a second too, uh, will leave many questions unanswered and many questioners unfulfilled. Ah, uh, that sounds like some bombshell there. Does that sound like a bombshell to you, Paula? Huge bombshell? Huge, she's agreed. She's sarcastically agreed. huge. Here, check this one out. Nor do they reveal any previously unreported connections to Russia. I'm I'm just again trying to figure out. So there's no allegations. I had a highlight. Let me get, this is for later in case I have to cover this tomorrow. I like to underline stuff. I don't like to forget as talking points during the show, so you don't forget. So we come away with a bombshell with no bomb, no shell that alleges no criminality, no collusion. And that there were years Trump's corporations lost money, lost money, therefore had no profits. So didn't pay corporate profit taxes on profits that didn't exist. Uh, Am I missing? Am I missing something there? The excavation for the bomb shelter has stopped, by the way. Also like, you want me to cut that out? Hell no, I don't want you to cut that out. I'm really just curious what the point of this story was, outside to distract you from the collusion hoax stuff that came out on Friday. One more point on this that's important. Really important. Folks, our government's now been fully weaponized. Have a conspiracy theory. Is it uh really? We've had the FBI and the intelligence agencies weaponized against President Trump. They basically invented a fake scandal to spy on an American citizen who happened to be running for president. I would only call that the biggest scandal of our time. But your tax returns aren't safe anymore either. The IRS will probably come after me, I'm guessing. Watch when I get audited. We'll go back to this. What's today's date, folks? September 28th. I will probably get audited too. Fine. I, don't, I honestly don't care. Um, because I have nothing to worry about. But the IRS, along with the CIA, intelligence agencies, and the upper ranks of the FBI have now been fully and completely weaponized. The president's tax returns, he's an American citizen. He's entitled to some financial privacy. And if he doesn't want that and he wants to disclose his tax returns, he's free to do so. And if he doesn't want to, he's free not to. If you were a conservative right now, I would not trust anyone. I am very sorry to tell you that. I don't base that on conjecture or or conjecture, excuse me, or speculation. I base that on the real world. Donald Trump's life, it'll be, watch, it'll be his medical records next that'll become public. Some already have. You could be next. You live in a society right now that, thanks to the liberal cancer infecting us, has broken down all previous barriers. Your privacy isn't safe. Nothing is safe. Oh, Dan, that sounds really harsh. Does it? The president of the United States, someone leaked his tax returns to write a BS story that alleges no criminality and confirms for the millionth time no collusion. And yet it's treated as a bombshell. And no one seems even remotely worried about that. Of course, this won't happen to liberals because conservatives who work at the IRS and elsewhere don't break the law because they believe in big R, God-given rights. Liberals don't. The radical left is a postulating infectatum on America's caboose right now that has just destroyed all prior norms, and you're not safe anywhere. They'll burn your businesses down. They'll leak your tax records. I'm telling you, your health records are next. They don't even care. They'll go to prison in the name of some higher calling. There's no higher calling. Their only calling is chaos. Whatever happened here at the IRS is a disgrace. Whoever's involved in this, with this leak, if there was a leak from the IRS, should be prosecuted and thrown in prison. And I don't mean for a year. I mean for a sentence that sends a message. This is an absolute disgrace. Well, now we find out what they're hiding, too. It's totally disgusting. I can't even imagine ever doing this. I Really, I had the uh, some significant power as a GS-1811 federal investigator. I cannot even imagine sacrificing my morals for this. Let me get to you what they're hiding in a minute. Let me get to my next sponsor, and we'll do that. But ladies and gentlemen, there's a lot to cover up this week, a lot. So they needed this non-bombshell bombshell story that, again, alleges no criminality and confirms no collusion. Um, we'll get to that in a second. It's important. Today's show brought to my friends at Omaha Steaks. Omaha. Gosh, I love Omaha Steaks. The only thing I don't like about this spot is I love Omaha Steaks so much. They're so delicious. They're a huge hit in my house that even, even the the new, when we start cooking now, the, the smoky sweet bacon, you see like Lucy comes in. She's starting to figure out that smell is associated with something spectacular. And it is. It's Omaha Steaks, which we eat the heck out of here. Matter of fact, my youngest daughter is only eight has a stomach like me and claims to have eaten four of these one day, right? These burgers, I'm not sure I'm buying them. My mother-in-law attests to it. I don't buy it. I can eat four of them. I don't know if she can, but they are that good. Right now, get a gourmet assortment of Omaha Steaks bestsellers with an exclusive offer just for my listeners. Don't wait. This food is delicious. Stock up today. Go to omahasteaks.com. Enter promo code. This is important. You have to enter the promo code Bongino, my last name, in the search bar. And for this week, Omaha Steaks will add two pounds of premium ground beef free with your order. This stuff is spectacular. You know what my wife does with it? She doesn't make burgers. She has a little trick. She'll put it in a meat sauce. Oh, 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 oh. oh You have no idea. She can cook the hell out of anything. My favorite is the Butcher's Best Sellers Package, which includes the famous bacon-wrapped filet mignon, smoky sweet bacon, fork-tender filet mignon. Absolutely delicious. You see, I can't even read this spot because my mouth starts watering. Go today. Don't wait. Go to OmahaSteaks.com. Why are you laughing? You know it's true. We, we eat this stuff like it's going on. Season. now she's hungry too. I ruined the whole show. Go to OmahaSteaks.com. Enter Bongino in the search bar for exclusive offers. They're not available anywhere else. We're not messing with you. Don't forget when you order today, Omaha Steaks will add two pounds of premium ground beef free. You can make great empanadas with that too. Another thing she does. Omaha Steaks has been bringing people together for over a hundred years enjoy family, enjoy friends enjoy the best steak of your life OmahaSteaks.com enter code Bongino in the search bar don't wait another second all right getting back to the show all right so this came out on Friday and as you know Friday I I had flown up to New York for the medical procedures and stuff so we had to tape super early we had heard about it but I did not have the time to go into it in the way you deserve on my show we don't skip show prep here. I don't just, you know, casually mention stuff without giving you the deets, the details. And I really wanted to do that Clinton stuff on Friday, which blew up. That show was went crazy. And thanks for listening to my interview with Dinesh D'Souza, too, which also blew up. It was fantastic. He was great. I'm giving him credit. Not mean, He was awesome. He's the best interview ever. Uh, you, you don't even get to the questions because he goes in all these directions and I'm just fascinated by it. But- This did happen on Friday, and now you deserve the Dan Bongino coverage of it. Let's go to this National Review piece, which none of this will surprise you if you're a regular listener. But again, now the things I've been telling you for three and a half years are now confirmed to be true. Ding, 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 ding. National Review. Zachary Evans. FBI documents. Primary subsource for Steele was a suspected Russian agent and a, quote, threat to national Security. Uh, so just to be clear as I've been telling you again for three and a half years the FBI used a uh, PP hoax to spy on the Trump team the PP hoax dossier was allegedly written by a man named Christopher Steele and more Steele says I got this information from a source and now we find out thanks to declassified documents by the attorney general, that the source Steele's claiming to use for his information was a, quote, threat to national security and a potential Russian spy. Oh, my. Oh, my. So we were told what again? By these ridiculous jokers. Do you still have the CNN sucks video? We... I may need to play, Uh, hold on, just hold I don't mean to throw Paula into a a tizzy here. We keep our production team low here precisely because we don't want to get involved in like another, uh, like this Joe Rogan disaster that's happening now, which I hope to get to in a little bit. I like people around me I can trust. Shocker, running a business, right? But the media's been telling you what? Trump was colluding with suspected Russian agents to interfere and win the 2016 election. That's what we've been told. About. Well, we know that's all like pee hoax stuff. That's all like simple lies and fairy tales, absurd fables, outrageous stories. Yet the media, the morons in the media promoted this thing for years. But now we find out what? That not only was that story not true, but in fact, it appears that the FBI and others were colluding with an actual Russian agent to spy on the Trump team. You can't make this up. Let's go to the National Review. What are you laughing about? National Review piece. So we've got some more declassified information. This happened on Friday. Again, sorry, I couldn't bring it to you right away, but you deserve a thorough going through of this. So FBI agents on the crossfire hurricane probe into the Trump team, who investigated alleged contacts between the Trump campaign and Russian intelligence, were aware that the primary subsource for Steele was a suspected Russian spy by December of 2016? However, the FBI did not share this information with the FISA court in their applications for warrants against Page. Gosh, that sounds awfully odd. According to footnote three thirty four, the Inspector General report quote the primary subsource was the subject of an FBI counterintelligence investigation from two thousand nine to two thousand eleven that assessed his documented contacts with suspected Russian intelligence officers. Oh my God I'm getting a headache with this stuff Paula hates the spygate stuff she can't stand it this is good oh she likes this to get the spygate stuff past the Paula editorial board control is a lot because she sometimes feels like it gets overly complicated this is not hard to under this is how how much easier does it get this can't get any simpler the FBI and the mm, I want to say something else. Canoes. I use this word often. I shouldn't. I know. In the media told us what? Trump was colluding with Russian agents. That, of course, fell apart. was completely made up. But now we know for a fact that the source the FBI was using through Christopher Steele to get their information about Trump was, in fact, a Russian agent that the FBI themselves were investigating as a threat to national security. Ugh. Where's the media coverage on it? Oh, and the media is covering the fact that Donald Trump's business has lost money and it didn't pay profits on money. They didn't make stunner stunner. That's the, that's the bombshell. Not this. The United States government's premier law enforcement agency, the FBI used information from a Russian spy to spy on a presidential candidate. Let me say that again for the liberal lunatics and media morons watching this. The FBI used information from a Russian spy. They investigated themselves to spy on the president of the United States. Vladimir Putin has to be slapping his knee right now, laughing his ass off about how stupid our media and upper level of the FBI was for falling for this and promoting this. Again, you haven't been wasting your time here. I knew this a long time ago. I had to be very careful what I told you. Not because I was hiding anything from you, but because I can't burn sources either. Again, go back and read my three books on this now. By the way, my book, Follow the Money, technically doesn't come out till next Tuesday. My new book, but if you order it now, Follow the Money, which has a extensive chapter on the relationship with these FBI guys and shady sources, It'll probably get to you b- before the release date. Check it out on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. I'm really trying to get it to um, number one. America needs to know this story. But Exonerated, Spygate, get the trilogy. They cover this whole thing. I'm not sure I'm going to write another book ever. I'm not one of these guys who wants to pump out a book every year, but this case is too important. I warned you about this three years ago that the real people colluding with the Russians were the FBI and the Clinton campaign. And now we know for sure it's 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 irrefutable the fbi was investigating the source they were using as a russian spy and a threat to national security threat to national security is their words so either the fbi doesn't know who a Russian spy or a threat to national security is, and therefore we're investigating the wrong guy, which no one's alleged, or they were, and used this information anyway, thinking he was a Russian spy and threat to national security because they hated Trump that much. Oh my gosh, this is frustrating. And yet we're called the Catharsis by liberal lunatic media idiots like CNN, who got this wrong the whole time. Oh, that CNN video is priceless. It would have been so much better if the bomb shelter constructors next door weren't so loud at the time. Remember what I told you? This is going to be the next shoe to drop, by the way. Market. And to all you folks who are really interested in the Spygate case, so now we know the FBI colluded with a Russian spy through Steele. Okay, we know that. It's just a fact to spy on Trump. I'm really sorry if that bothers you. But what's the next shoe to drop? How exactly did Christopher Steele, who is the alleged author of the PP hoax dossier, Paul, I need you to track this. If I'm, if you don't, if this doesn't make sense, you need to like give me a little hand signal. How did Christopher Steele connect with the primary subsource, who we now know is being investigated as a Russian spy and a, quote, threat to national security? What's the biggest scandal of Spygate? They say, oh, they spied on President Trump. That's that's not even the biggest one. It's big, but it's not the biggest. The biggest scandal is how they managed to do it. This was always the P.P. hoax and all the other stuff. Always fake information. Always. It was all made up. The Trump collusion thing was always made up. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to me. It was always made up. There is not a, it's just made up. Stop looking for it. It's not, it's made up. The information was always made up. But to give it a patina, an air of this could be potentially true, to give it a crust of truthfulness, they attributed this made-up fake information to very real people who, oh, listen, listen, Paul, listen, listen, listen. They attributed the fake information, Steele and others, to very real people. And those people may have been Russian spies. How did Steele make that connection and know to attribute the information to a guy being investigated as a Russian spy to give it some fake air of authenticity? Funny FaceTime. Who exactly gave Steele that guy's name? Oh. <laughs> Stay tuned, folks. John Brennan right now. Sweat coming down his back. Who exactly did that? What's the real Spygate scandal? That's this yes, they spied. Yes, you paid for it through Pentagon contracts with your tax dollars. You paid to spy on the guy you picked for president. That's right. Your tax dollars. Sorry, but it happened. It was always fake information attributed to very real names. And how those names became in the possession of others to attribute the fake information to is the real scandal. All right, I got more. As always, this is like an infomercial. Wait, there's more. We're waiting for like that dude who sells the uh, wow or whatever to come up. Wait, there's more. Maybe we should get him to do some liners for the show. There's always more, of course. This case gets worse because even more dropped on Friday. Hat tip, uh, General Michael Flynn's excellent lawyer, Sidney Powell, who dropped another uh, tactical nuke on the battlefield this case. I'll get to that in a second. I got one final sponsor. Always appreciate your patience. Our uh, sponsors want to be here and talk to you. The best audience in the business. Uh, you guys are terrific and ladies out there. Paint Your Life. Listen, when I heard that at paintyourlife.com, you could have an original painting by a world-class artist done by hand from a photo I thought that's a really terrific idea. That's why we took them on as a sponsor. We have a lot of demand for our show. We don't take on everyone when they first email me. I said, that is that's a really cool idea. But I thought clearly it's going to be super expensive. Well, well, I was wrong, thankfully, about that one. If you want to give a truly meaningful gift, you've got to try paintyourlife.com. A lot of people are going to be getting this for Christmas presents this year. So if you listen to my show, Friends and Family, you probably already know. You're going to get a professional, hand-painted portrait created from any photo at a really affordable price. Choose from a team of world-class artists and work with them till every detail's perfect. They have a user-friendly platform that lets you order a custom-made, hand-painted portrait, how long? In less than five minutes, that's right. The process is quick and super easy. We did it. Get it, get it. When I ask, I'm gonna show you, you're gonna be blown away. Get a hand-painted portrait in about three weeks. Send any picture, yourself, your kids, family, Lucy the dog, a special place or a cherish where is Lucy what is she doing We got maybe Lucy should make an appearance at the end of the show today too or combine photos into one painting make the perfect birthday anniversary or wedding gift even more perfect at PaintYourLife.com meaningful personal and they can be cherished forever we love them at PaintYourLife.com there's no risk if you don't love the final painting what happens well your money's refunded guaranteed it's that simple and right now is a limited time offer get 20% off your painting that's right 20% off (laughs) you want to come over here But 20% off and free shipping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. To get this special offer, text the word Dan to 64,000. That's Dan, D-A-N to 64,000. Text Dan to 64,000. Paint your life. Celebrate the moments that matter most. My daughter's off from school today. Say hello. There's Lucy the dog. Say hello, Luce. Look at that. Is PaintYourLife.com. Get that picture. Take a screenshot. PaintYourLife.com. Give a wave. Thank you, Lucy, for saying hello to the audience. Well, Paula's like, no, no, why? You were afraid Lucy was going to like lose it or something? <laughs> oh, oh, so what? She's like, yeah, she's in her position. She's on like, day off. We tape early here so you guys can have the show by lunch. I love my wife, but she, we really, she worries about a lot of stuff. She's a worrier. She was very soothing for me last night, though. I was having a rough night last night, worried about the results today. And I I slept comfortably because she's very soothing. She has a great way about her doing that. I can like lose it sometimes when I start thinking about bad scenarios, you know. And you shouldn't think that way. Be an optimist. All right, let's get back. to <laughs> I know you love this show. I know you love it. Now there's nothing like this anywhere, because no one's one's like that. No one's as crazy as I am on the air. There sometimes. Let's get back to the real content. So wait, there's more. It's a ShamWow moment here. Uh, Oh yeah, there's more in the Spygate case and the Flynn, uh, the Mike Flynn hoax. No, Mike Flynn's not a hoax. He really exists. Um, But the witch hunts against Mike Flynn was always a hoax and was a hoax from the start. The Federalist, which is just terrific. We love the Federalist. I use their stuff as often as I can. By the great Sean Davis and the equally great Molly Hemingway have a piece up that describes this entire disaster. This came out on Friday too. In addition to the fact that we now know the FBI was colluding with a Russian spy to target Trump. Headline, The Federalist. Trump was right. Explosive new FBI texts detail an internal furor over the handling of the crossfire hurricane investigation. Trump was right. By the way, you may say, oh, Dan Bongino, those are his words, and Sean Davis and Molly Hemingway. No, no, that's the text. Trump was right from the FBI, guys. That's not my words. Trump was right. It could be my words, but not for the sake of this piece. So just to be clear now, more stuff has come out. Yes, yes, it has. Sidney Powell's gotten some hold, gotten hold of some more text. Listen, by the way, before I get to the text here in the Flynn case, I'm telling you right now, for the Judge Sullivan, you know, he's not really a judge. He's not acting as one certainly, who is supposedly judging the Mike Flynn case, which has become an embarrassment for the courts and everyone else. The longer this goes on and the longer you torture Mike Flynn, the more humiliating and embarrassing this is going to be for you and everyone else. Let's look at a little tidbit of what continues to come out as Sidney Powell plumbs the depths of deep state disasters. And as they keep talking about Flynn, she keeps grabbing more. These are actual texts from FBI agents involved in the case. And this first one, ladies and gentlemen, is very important. Quote, January 10th, 2017, one agent texted another, quote, we all want and purchase professional liability insurance, end quote. This is the same day CNN, (laughs) fake news, leaked details that then president-elect Trump had been briefed by Comey about the bogus Christopher Steele dossier. That briefing of Trump was used as a pretext to legitimize the debunked dossier financed by the DNC and the Clinton campaign and compiled by a foreign intelligence officer who was working for a sanctioned Russian oligarch. Again, this is why I couldn't cover this on Friday, because you deserve the detailed treatment about what all this means. So let's just go to that first part first, of the Federalists. They mention in there, Sean, that the FBI agents working on the case texted each other on uh, after they saw the CNN story, On January 10th, about Trump's meeting with Comey, we got to get professional liability insurance. Why would you do that? Now, to be clear, I was a federal agent. It's not uncommon for agents to have professional liability insurance, you know, like any business would. You don't want to get sued personally. You're usually indemnified by the government, usually 99.9% of the time, if what you did and you're being sued for was done in the course of your duties and legally, to be clear. Meaning, but not every agent gets it. I'm not even sure I had it the whole time. I think I had it for a couple of years and then let it lapse because I wasn't worried about crazy things like doing anything illegal or outside of the scope of my duty. I know, shocker to the left, who thinks we're the troublemakers. So why would you get professional liability insurance? You would get it because you thought you were being sued for something you did that was either illegal or outside the scope of your duties. Why were they worried about it on January 10th of 2017 when news broke about Jim Comey's Oval Office meeting with Donald Trump? Oh, this is now, now, now. Some of you regular listeners who know this story inside out, you're already on to me here. Some of you, it's okay. There's a lot going on. May need a little primer again. So just to be clear, in early January, right around the fifth, sixth timeline, a lot of things happen. And in that timeline, Jim Comey meets with President Trump and briefs him about the PP stuff in the dossier. That briefing leaks to the media. The leak to the media about the briefing is an excuse for the media to report on the PP dossier, which many in the media knew was probably a hoax, but wanted to report on it anyway because it would make Trump look bad. So you don't want to report on a hoax, so what did they do? You following me here? They reported on the briefing about the PP hoax and then put the PP hoax in the story. Does that make sense? They needed a pretext, the media, to report on what they knew were fake allegations against Trump. So their story was Comey briefs Trump about fake allegations. By the way, here they are, PP, all this other stuff. Even more importantly, why would the FBI agents who were working on the dossier, the fake dossier, the Russian spy dossier we know now, why were they so worried just a few days after this Comey-Trump meeting at the Oval Office? Don't worry, I've got that for you here. Here's the IG report about what happened at the Comey-Trump briefing. And you're going to notice a name creeps up. Let me just tell you before I read this, the national security person they're talking about in this footnote here is Mike Flynn. Quote, the IG report. According to an email Comey sent to FBI officials on January 7th of uh, 2017, Comey mentioned during the initial initial portion of the briefing we're talking about a piece of Steele's reporting that indicated Russia had files of derogatory information on both Clinton and the president-elect. Comey's email stated that a member of Trump's national security team, Flynn, asked during the briefing whether the FBI, FBI, quote, was trying to dig into the subsources to gain a better understanding of the situation. (laughs) And Comey responded in the affirmative. You tracking this? Paul, are you tracking this? You are. Good. Now I know we're onto something. She hates rabbit holes. It's after the election. Donald Trump's won. It's not inaugurated yet. It's still the transition. Comey realizes, because he learned in December of 2016, what? That the information they've been relying on to spy on Donald Trump was provided by a potential Russian spy that the FBI had been investigating for being, quote, a threat to national security. Comey's probably like, Uh Uh-oh, we've got a problem. Hillary's not going to be president. We've been colluding with a Russian spy to spy on Trump, and I think they're on to us now. How does Comey know they're on to them? Because Mike Flynn, the national security team member mentioned in that footnote, starts asking Comey questions at the briefing about, hey, 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 have you dug into who those sources are? I'm sure Flynn in the back of his head is saying, You idiots were using a Russian spy to spy on the president. Conveniently, the story leaks and the FBI agents involved right after that who were involved in spying on the president using a Russian spy who was a, quote, threat to national security now start saying, "Uh oh, we better get liability insurance. Now, you may say to yourself, fair enough. Dan, how did General Flynn in that Comey-Trump meeting in early January during the transition period, how did General Flynn know to start asking Comey about the sources they were using to spy on Trump? Like, hey, do you think they could have been Russian spies themselves? How did Flynn know that? One, because Flynn's the former head of the DIA, the Defense Intelligence Agency, who's smarter than all these idiots who were investigating him. But secondly, we have Sidney Powell, his lawyers, filing. And I'll show you something that's kind of interesting here. Again, this is from his lawyer. She's not lying about it. As we can see here from Sidney Powell's memo, she says that a letter was delivered by the British embassy to the incoming national security team, Mike Flynn, after Donald Trump's election and to the outgoing national security advisor, Susan Rice. The letter apparently disavows former British Secret Service agent Christopher Steele and calls his credibility into question and declares him untrustworthy. Gee, weird, weird how Flynn gets this memo from the UK saying, hey, uh, Christopher Steele, Steele, the guy the FBI is using for information in their fake dossier and their fake case against Trump. Not only, by the way, is this guy's not trustworthy, but the FBI has probably been investigating this guy since 2016, the subsource. Someone in the FBI probably knows that too. So Flynn starts asking questions, of course, of Comey. Now do you see why that January 10th, 2017 professional liability insurance text is so critical? Because, ladies and gentlemen, the FBI already knows this. They know they've been using a Russian spy who's a, quote, threat to national security to spy on President Trump, pretending it's Christopher Steele's information the whole time. Even the primary subsource in their own interview disavows this stuff, even though they've been investigating him before. They know Flynn knows, too, and they know Flynn knows Steele's not credible. That's the significance of that professional liability text. Flynn knew. The FBI knows Flynn knows. Flynn knows Flynn knows. And everybody knows they're getting sued or going to jail now. There's more in this Federalist piece. By the way, there's pieces in the show notes, along with the National Review piece. Please, please read them. Bongino.com slash newsletter is how you access the show notes. The newsletter is the same thing. Just subscribe. We'll email them to you every day. You got to read this. This story is amazing. Here's another one. Screenshot two here from the Federalist piece. I want to hot tip a source for this, too. The new disclosures made by the DOJ also show that the FBI used so-called national security letters to spy on Flynn's finances. Unlike traditional subpoenas, which require judicial review and approval before authorities can seize an innocent person's property and information, national security letters are never independently reviewed by courts. One of the agents noted in a text message that the national security letters were just being used as a pretext by FBI leadership to buy time to find dirt on Flynn after the first investigation of him yielded no derogatory information. Ladies and gentlemen, I got a source on this that's confident that the use of national security letters to spy on Flynn and his finances without judicial and court review there that these national security letters are at the behest of one Barack Obama. They thought the national security letters would be a backdoor way to investigate Barack Obama's noted political enemy, Mike Flynn, who hated his Iran deal. That would be scandal number 6422 in this case, that the national security letters were Obama's idea. I want to get to one more screenshot from the piece because it highlights a point I've told you often, having experienced in the investigative arena myself. Ladies and gentlemen, when you're a police officer or a federal agent, the way cases start is a crime happens a credit card fraud, a robbery, God forbid, a murder. That crime happens, then you investigate to find suspects. You don't find a suspect and then go to try and find a crime later. Is everybody cool with that? I mean, I don't mean, I'm not trying to talk down to the audience. But some of the liberals watching who are really dumb have a hard time figuring this out. It's the whole, well, if you have nothing to hide, I don't need to prove to you I have nothing to hide. There's no allegation of a crime I'm involved in anywhere. I don't need to prove to you jack squat. Zero. You have no power over me at all. I'm a free man. Liberals, of course, are police state goons and hate that. Their thing is we should continue to investigate Trump until we find a crime. Because you're police state goons. That's what you've always been. Showing you again the goons you are because you support this FBI open-ended investigation of the Trump and Flynn, despite no allegation of criminality ever emerging ever, that was ever, ever no evidence. Here's the third screenshot from the uh, Federalist piece showing you exactly what this was. This was a suspect, Donald Trump and Flynn, in search of a crime. Not a crime in search of a suspect. Totally backwards. Here are some other texts after the January 5th Oval Office meeting between Comey and Obama. They say, hey, what's the word on how Obama's briefing went? One agent asks, referring to the January 5th meeting. The other agent responds, quote, don't know, but people here are scrambling for info to support certain things. And it's a madhouse. Gosh, sounds like a suspect in search of a crime, doesn't it? Another agent writes back, Jesus, Give me, Lord, don't mean to use your name in vain. This is their text. Trump was right, still not put together. Why do we do this to ourselves? What is wrong with these people? This is the FBI talking to themselves. Trump was right. Why are we doing this to ourselves? Why are we searching for information on Trump that's not there? Because it was a witch hunt, it was a goon squad the whole time who seems to have the idea of justice and blind justice backwards. Ladies and gentlemen, how would you feel if the FBI, using the full force of government, the IRS and elsewhere, weaponized themselves with the CIA to find every little detail of your life? You think they'd find a crime? Of course they would. Oh, Dan, how dare you insult me? I'm not insulting you. Every person listening to this podcast, I assure you, has broken some law somewhere. You jaywalk somewhere? Some of you are too young to even know what jaywalking is. I guarantee you've done it. You rip a mattress tag off, you want that kind of scrutiny in your life? Why do we not do that? Because no one cares about you ripping a mattress tag off. No one does. Nobody. That's why no one has gone to a police department to file a police report about you ripping your mattress tag off. That's why no one's investigating you, because nobody cares. But somebody cared here. They cared about Trump and Flynn and Trump and Flynn only. It said nothing to do with crime. They said everything to do with them. How damning of a text do you need to realize you're sitting on the biggest political scandal in American history that an FBI agent investigating them saying, quote, Trump was right. Why are we doing this to ourselves? And yet you'll hear nothing. Nothing. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I wanted to get to the Project Veritas stuff today. I'll get to that tomorrow. It's more just bombshells. It's just Monday and we're loaded up. I also get to that Joe Rogan story tomorrow too. And uh, I got some video tomorrow. You know what? Can we just end with the NYPD video? How about that? Let's do that. This, let's not wait. This. Uh, we all needed a hero today. I need some good news. These are the heroes we all needed. Hat tip to the, uh, um, it's his video, the TikTok guy. I don't know if he's the guy who filmed it or not, but whatever, It's it, it, whoever is the guy confronting these two police officers yes you're a clown uh, but these two police officers are the heroes we all needed today this is some clown confronting two hard-working new york city police officers um asking them keep in mind they're alone talking to themselves they're not even around anyone why they're not wearing masks and watch these two police officers just dismantle this video if you want to see the video please go to my video show rumble.com slash you know check this out this is great if i don't wear a mask subway, what is the pan of just near to you guys if I don't all know right no uh, I'm just nice. curious like well, you kind of the Actually, it states that as long as you can maintain six feet distance, you don't have to wear the mask. But you guys almost if you want to step within six feet of me, I'll gladly put on the mask. Okay. So would you like to do that? I mean, I feel like you guys are living less than six feet of each other. You're though. the one that approached us, so would you want to six feet keep away the though. distance? I mean, I'm six, six feet away, though. Though. Okay, now we're six feet away and I you don't got have the to wear better, my mask. I, mean, I, I, mean, I mean, you should probably <laughs> go in global. You're the person that calls someone, you know what I mean? someone sound like water bottle on the street, You're the person that calls, though. That's what you are. All right, carry. you like middle version of carry? So have a nice day. Really, sir? Wait, yeah. Hold on, what's your name? Yeah, you know what I'm, I'm ready to say. Okay, yeah, have a nice you. day, man. Thank you, you too. Yeah, exactly. okay, Take care, carry. Thank you for your service, sir. Thank you for protecting us during a pandemic. <laughs> I love these two guys. <laughs> Does anyone know them? Give them a medal. Someone make a medal. Make the anti-Karen medal or something like that and just give it to these two police. Someone promote them to first grade detective tomorrow. If anyone in the NYPD is listening, first grade detective tomorrow. First grade. Skip third grade, second grade. To my friend Brian who just retired, who got grade before he left. Call someone. Do you have any hooks? Get these guys first grade tomorrow. First grade tomorrow. I love these two. The heroes we all needed. All right, folks. Thanks again for tuning in. Again, please subscribe uh, to my Rumble show. The show is, Rumble is the uh, actual free speech alternative to YouTube I'm involved with now. Rumble.com slash Bongino. Watch the video program. We're almost at 100,000 subscribers on Rumble already, thanks to you. Subscribe as well to the show on Apple Podcasts and elsewhere. We really appreciate it. Hope to have producer Joe's voice back. He is listening, giving us a head nod today. Um, I will see you all tomorrow, hopefully, with some good news, too. So thanks for tuning in. Thanks for all your well wishes, too. See you tomorrow. You just heard Dan Bongino.